everybody, it's Brian. Thanks for tuning in. If you're ready to buy or sell a home in Pierce, South King, or Snohomish County, please check out John Hurlbutt and his team over at Altitude Homes. John's an old friend and someone I know you can trust. He will also donate $500 to Ben's Fund for every closed transaction. I know how hard it is to find a real estate agent who has your best interests in mind. John can be that guy for you and benefit a great cause to boot. Check them out on the web at altitude-re.com slash hb. Again, altitude-re.com slash hb. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. That's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks. Girls hit you hallelujah. Girls hit you hallelujah. Girls hit you hallelujah. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Saturday night and we in the spot. Don't believe me, just watch. Okay, uh, we took last week off. We apologize for that. But uh, I think like any good Seahawks fan believes, if the Hawks keep winning, then who gives a damn, right? Uh, I, I'd take every week off. I'd take every week off. Uh, from my show if the Hawks kept winning. Not sure if the wife would go for that, but I would go for that. But uh, <laughs> first time in a couple weeks, a chance to hook up with our buddy from hawkblogger.com, uh, courtesy of Pagliacci Pizza, our friend Brian Nemhauser. How are you, man? I've missed you. What's going on? Oh, man, it's good to hear from you, Dave. I'm uh, happy to be back in the saddle talking a little Seahawks football. Always, but it's not the kind of Seahawks football I think that either one of us would like to talk about. I, I mentioned this on my show Friday down there at Stanford after the loss to Arizona, that it felt like the Seahawks had won the battle on Thursday night, but with all the injuries, they had kind of maybe lost the war. What do you make of what you saw last week? Yeah, well, I had a lot of very unhappy followers on Twitter when I asked, uh, is it possible to have a season-ending victory in the middle of the year? Mm. Uh, they didn't like that. Um, that's that's honestly like if I if I assess that and you look at the the type of damage that was done to the team in that game, I, I think it's a fair question. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see what we get with Dwayne Brown and whether he comes back. We know Sherman for sure is out for the year. Yep. Um, I think there's real questions about what's going on with Cam. It wouldn't be surprising to me at all if he was if he was out for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've already lost Averill. Um, you know, Shaq Griffin was hurt. Uh, I mean, you can go on Jaron Reed, you know, one of our best run defenders is out. And one of the interesting things I'd say, Softy, is a lot of people are going to talk about Sherman and effect on pass coverage. Sherman is arguably the best run defending cornerback in the NFL. Oh, yeah. You add him to losing Jaron Reed to, uh, you know, some of the other things going on up front. And, and there's a real risk that the run game is going to be pretty negatively impacted on defense. Well, and then obviously losing Cam, uh, who's one of the best run yeah, stopping, the yes, right. uh, yep. strong safeties in, uh, in, in, in football. And uh, Pete was actually asked, I think it was yesterday, Maybe in two days ago, doesn't matter. Uh, with Sherman being out, will that change your game plan defensively? Meaning, do you still play the single high safety and use Bradley McDoodle uh, in place of Cam along the line of scrimmage almost as a third linebacker against the run? Because I think both of us would agree, uh, you have to agree, that Earl Thomas, the way he plays, is the biggest reason why they can play that kind of defense because of his closing speed. Well, now Cam's not out there. Now Sherman's not out there. Does Earl have to play closer now to the line of scrimmage? Uh, Does the strong safety, whoever it is, and it sounds like it'll be McDougald, does he have to be more concerned about his pass duties than his run-stopping duties 
Uh, we've never seen this before, so who knows what the hell we'll see on Monday night. Yeah, you know, there's kind of a few different ways to look at this, right? Like, I mean, Earl is Earl is still, as far as I'm concerned, the best player on the whole team um, and has been for a while. And part of the reason he's the best player is because he makes the cornerbacks better. If Jeremy Lane is a, you know, four out of ten at cornerback um, on his own, he's probably a five or five and a half out of ten just because Earl's there to help him. And you get that, that effect across the board. So having Earl back is a really big deal. But, um, you know, if, if Cam was, you know, an eight or a nine at his position, you know, Bradley McDougal's probably a six, you know, maybe a seven at some times. And so I don't think it's as big of a drop off there as you're going to see at cornerback, but um, it's a drop off and um, that's an issue. And, uh, you know, I, I think McDougal brings different strengths than Cam does. So, so hopefully some of those will show up. But look, I mean, we can we can play injury and doctor all night long. I know you like playing doctor, Dave. But uh, I do, I do. Yes. You know, we, we got to figure age. out. <laughs> I think we got to figure out how the offense uh, is going to carry the load because you know the defense isn't going to be the number one ranked scoring defense this year. It's not going to happen. And I think it's really a matter of two things. One, I think the offense has got to figure out how to pass the ball reliably. Um, and two, I think it's going to be a matter of, you know, the defense has got to really get pass rush. That's the one part of the defense I can say yeah. might be on the upswing is the pass rush. Well, let me go back to the offense for a second, because most of our concerns, if not all of our concerns about the defense are spawned by injuries, right? We can all kind of agree on that, whether it's Cam, Sherman, Jaron Reed, Cliff Averill. I mean, close your eyes and imagine, and Frank Clark is dinged up as well. Close your eyes and imagine all five of those guys playing in the game on Monday night against Atlanta and how much your confidence level changes. So I think, I think for yep. me at least, most of that, all, if not all of it, literally all of it, uh, the genesis of the concern is the injury factor. Now, you could also argue that the injury bug has bitten the Hawks as well uh, on the offensive side because of the injury to Chris Carson. But, you know, look, I, I think all of us think he would have been decent, but we don't know. There's no data at all uh, to fall back on in regards to what Chris Carson would have been or what he, what he would not have been. My disappointment is that, and, and I kind of make this, you know, this stupid cockamamie analogy all the time. If you were on a boat, Brian, on like one of those around-the-world 12-month cruises – and you just got off the boat, and you didn't have any access to internet or Twitter when you're on the boat, and you saw the rushing numbers that the running backs are putting up, <laughs> you would ask yourself, did they do anything over the offseason to fix the problem from a year ago? Yeah. It was a massive yeah. problem, and now I'm sitting here, this is what, week 11? Is that right, of the NFL season? Yeah. And your yeah. leading active running back has 128 yards? That's insane. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's abysmal, and I will I will quibble with one thing you said about Chris Carson, and and uh, it's just that the, the the statistics do show a little bit of why he would make a difference, and I think he is maybe at least double and I think triple the broken tackle rate of the any other runner on the team, like his ability to create yards on his own, yards after contact. Um, was significantly higher than any other player on the team. So he, he is really missed, but he's, he's not there. So, I mean, you know, spilt milk and all that. So, But, 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 but I mean, I, I, I would just add this, that uh, uh, he would have gotten more attention from defenses as the weeks went by. There's no doubt. And maybe that would have opened up the passing game. But he, he, even if I give you that, which you're a nice guy, so you can have it, Eddie Lacy's making $3.5 and he's doing nothing for this football team. Nothing. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, I know. I mean, if, if you're asking, did they do what they needed to improve the run game over the offseason? I think <laughs> categorically the answer is no. Uh, and, you know, I've never, ever been a fan of spending money on free agent running backs. I mean, I've, I've got articles back from, you know, 10 years ago about that with, you know, Julius Jones and TJ Duckett. I mean, I just I don't like spending money on free agent running backs. And um, this is no different. But Look, I, I will, you know, I, I could really just, <laughs> I could go off on, on some of the decisions that they made around the offensive line over the past few years and, and how that's played out. And I think, you know, maybe that's a story for another day. I will say that I am intrigued to see what Mike Davis does on Monday. I yeah, hope it yeah. sounds like they're going to give him a chance. Yep. And gosh, Dave, just a guy that can run with some tenacity and authority. I don't expect him to be Walter Payton, but, you know, can you pick the right hole and run hard through it and, and maybe get two yards instead of negative three? That would be a nice start. Yeah. Okay. And your confidence level in that happening is? My confidence high, level in doing low. I, I would say it's. <laughs> It's, it's you know, out of 10, I'd give it like eight that he can get two yards instead of negative three. I mean, it's a pretty low bar we're talking about here. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah. I think I would not so – listen to this. I will say I think that Mike Davis can end up with 50 yards rushing on Monday. That sounds like not a big deal. Oh. <laughs> that's oh. like that's like half the total you talked about for the leading rusher on the year. So I think, I think that's not unreasonable that he could end up with 50 yards on Monday. You know what this is? And you're a longtime Mariner fan, right? Like, like – like I am. Absolutely. We Absolutely. are looking for a Mike Zanino 2016 to 17 jump. That's what ah. we're talking about because he was awful in 2016, and then all of a sudden he's average and hitting 250 in 2017. Now, that may not look like a lot on paper to people who check the box score every day, but when you compare it to what Z did a year ago, it's a significant jump. Isn't that kind of what we're looking for here? That's right. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> We don't have to necessarily have him. I guess you could even say uh, Davis was, you know, down in the minors for the first part of the year, just yeah. like Zanina was. So uh, yep. Yep. Uh, working on his trade. So, you know, I, I, I am cautiously optimistic that, that Davis can be a serviceable running back. Um, but here's what I think is going to happen, Dave. I, I've heard enough from Pete over the last week in his different interviews I think he realizes where they are with the run game. And I think he realizes that they have a better chance if they go for the pass. And, and I think we're going to see a more concerted effort and a, more, a greater willingness to start with the passing game and lean on that. I think that's what we're going to see starting Monday. Well, and you wonder if they should have been doing that earlier in the season. I mean, Russell's, sure. on, Russell's on pace for a career high in pass attempts. And, look, I, I, I get what Pete Carroll wants to do. He wants to run the ball. In a perfect world, he would be able to run the ball. You know, he, that's, it's in his DNA, and he talked about that when he was hired back in 2010. But, you know, look, I'd, I'd, I'd like to also run the ball. But if the tools aren't there, how many times do you keep banging your head against the wall trying to figure it out when it's – I mean, it's week 11, for God's sakes. There's six weeks left to go in the regular season. It ain't happening. Yeah. You've got uh, $10 million in Jimmy Graham, $10 million in Doug Baldwin, give or take a few hundred thousand dollars. Uh, Russell's making what 18, 19 million bucks. You got, you got 35, $40 million combined wrapped up almost your entire offensive payroll into a tight end, a wide receiver and your quarterback. It's time to start leaning on those guys. Yeah, it is. And I think one thing that's a little bit of a misnomer that people don't understand is I don't think that when Carroll says that they want a running game, it's because specifically he wants to get um, a certain amount of rushing yards. I mean, I think there's that too. 
It's also that a significant portion of their pass offense is based off of play action and off of yeah. some threat of right. the run. Right. And so you almost have to throw out that whole section of the pass offense when the run offense isn't working. And, and I, I think that's part of what's going on here is they're like, all right, we're going to have to really go into this shotgun, quick game kind of stuff that isn't what Pete likes to live in. But I, I do think they're going to have to start doing that and just hope that the run game comes along. And, you know, we'll see if Dwayne Brown can make it back. I don't know if I'm expecting that to happen. I definitely, I think it's a unlikely Luke Jokel that they're gonna they're gonna rush him back. I think he's a next week kind of guy. You know what? But when those honestly those get back, maybe uh, maybe things improve. On Jokel, so what? Okay, so <laughs> what? You know, I mean, seriously, are you seeing a giant gap between what they're doing now with Glow and and Luke Jokel at left guard? Because I'm well, not, I'm not seeing that. I would say, I would say Ethan Posick has been um, or Posick, whoever. Uh, I would say that Ode Abushi has been really bad at right guard um, <laughs> in general, and I think that Luke Joko coming back uh, would be better than really either one of those guys have been. And I think that if you move Posick to right guard and you have Joko at left guard, I do think that's actually an improvement over what you're seeing yeah. now. Well, you, I, I, again, I you're talking about Mike Zanino. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> Okay, that's the improvement that you're talking about. So, look, I mean, we can either sit here and complain about it, and I guess I'm doing the majority of the complaining, uh, to be honest <laughs> with you, or we can, we can move on and try to find some, some positives. I mean, what, what are, outside of Russell Wilson, uh, who's third in the NFL in yards, ninth in rating, top 10 yards per attempt, he is 16th in percentage, so that's got to come up a little bit. Jimmy Graham has got six touchdowns his last five games. Bobby Wagner might be the best middle linebacker in football. Let's make that a top five list. Give me, give me two more positives for the Hawks right now that you see. Pass rush. I think what you've got going on with Deion Jordan, Dwight Freeney, Michael Bennett, um, uh, Naz Jones, uh, that whole group, Frank Clark. I think that's on the upswing. We talked about that. Um, you know, I think that uh, he's still got uh, the receiver group that I think has been playing quite well. Paul Richardson, Doug Baldwin, and Tyler Lockett have all been doing well when given the chance. So I think they're doing fine. Um yeah, I mean, I think those are – Earl Thomas coming back is another. But, yeah. um, uh, look. <laughs> Anything else? You, or is it, that it? Is that it? Really? No, I mean, I think that's, I think that's the majority of it, man. <laughs> I, I, you named the others. And, look, I, I, I really have been having a hard time shaking that Redskins game. I, I, I feel like the season just completely flipped on that game. And, yeah. and I don't think the Seahawks played much better on Thursday night and they got more injured. I think they're in really dire straits, and I'm not expecting them to win on Monday night at home, and I haven't said that in a really long time. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Maybe the team comes up and shows up and does something that, you know, relights the fire. But as of now, I think they're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. All right, well, great. Everything's awesome then. May as well just walk <laughs> into traffic. Well, you, you accuse me of being an, uh, a serial optimist. I, I yeah. try to be a realist. And, and not this week. Right now. Not this week. I love it. All right, what's happening over at Pagliacci, man? Well, you know, we still got a great deal going on. Actually, my family and I took advantage of it last night, which is uh, you get $5 off any whole pie order if you use code HawkBlogger. And I will tell you something most people don't know. They have gelato there. Uh, we had mint chocolate chip the other night. Man, it is really good. Uh, so I'd, I'd recommend adding that on to whatever you're getting. You're the man. Great stuff. We'll talk in a week. See you, buddy. Sounds good. All right, man. HawkBlogger, Brian Nemhauser. Find him on Twitter, at HawkBlogger, on the web, HawkBlogger. Dot com. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Go Hawks. Want more great Seahawks talk? Of course you do. Check out the Pedestrian Podcast. It's the official podcast of the UK Seahawkers. Hosted by Stuart Court, Adam Nathan, and Ross Bell, 
it's fun. It's British. You get accents. You get Seahawks. You get football. It's definitely worth it. They're at pedestrianpodcast.podbean.com, or you can find them on iTunes. Check them out.